0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas Pre-Game Show, brought to you by Mullen Motors.
1: Welcome to Columbus, Ohio. Nationwide arena. Home of the uh, of the mighty blue, blue Jackets of the NHL. DP Coach Rene Saunders. Coach Saunders is back. Uh, holding it down, and we appreciate her making time for us today. I'm DP. Next to me, uh, Enrique Alvarez-Clary, super producer back running the board as Harrison Orange to make sure we're on time and on purpose. Lots to talk about in a 4-2 Supernovas uh, road trip. This is a three-game win streak. Coach Saunders, uh, first of all, welcome. How are you? Uh,
2: I made it. I made it. You know, sometimes, you know, when you have a really good shoulder doctor, you got to wait to see them. And I got done. I got my dog picked up and I made it all the way across Omaha with one minute to spare.
1: (laughs) That's usually how it works. Uh, (laughs) I think we I think we made it by 30 seconds. So that 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 works out well. And we wish you were here. Um, Beautiful arena. Great setting. Uh, The town is buzzing. We're probably expecting somewhere around 8000 tonight. Uh, here for their home debut Um, coach let's go back before we go forward Uh, the winning streak that the supernovas are on it's been it's been informative to watch the evolution of of not only the the program the culture uh, the player development but of the coaching staff so as a coach yourself what what's led the way uh, for coach Bird to get this coaching staff working as the machine that they are
2: I think, I, mean, I think it goes back to Coach Collier. Honestly, he's the one that brought those people together that didn't know each other going into it. I think the only person that, that really knew anyone was Burt, who knew Coach Collier. The rest of them kind of probably knew of each other but really didn't know each other well. Um, he, he hit all the fine points of you know Coach Shea, who's really good at training, to Coach Corbelli, who, who's been in the game for a long time and sees it in a great way. Um, to coach bird, who's great at making decisions and managing and knowing what needs to be done uh, to Thomas Robson. who's the technical coordinator, but he's a young, he's a young up and coming coach. So it's a great group of coaches that, that know where their team needs to get and they're taking the proper
1: steps to get them there. Coach, you talk to coach bird uh, and, and, and maybe one or two of the players. What, what, what's the mood? What's the vibe?
2: I mean, it's good. You know, coach bird's excited she likes being on the road with this team. Um, I talked to Tori Dixon for a little while over lunch and, and I had a great conversation with her actually. Um, it's, I enjoy talking to coach bird, but you know, ours is very short cause she is a busy person when it comes to media. And so I've, you know, mine's like three questions and then boom, she's out. So she kind of knows what to expect. It's a five minute conversation where like the players don't know <laughs> where I'm going to come from or come at, but, um, had a great conversation with Tori. Um, she's in good spirits. she really again likes being on the road. she really likes Columbus so far um, and is really excited to play at nationwide Arena.
1: It, it is a special arena and it, it, it takes us back. We, we were a part of the very first night season one episode one. Uh, this is a big night for Columbus in, in their first home game. What are the extra things you have to deal with if you're if you're Columbus and trying to get ready? Not only to get you for your first home game, but to try to get your first win.
2: Well, I mean, Columbus had probably one of the most unique schedules, playing a game early in fe- like on January 25th and then not playing again till February 16th. I think their first match, they were down like three starters. Their second match, they had everybody together, but it sounds like tonight they might be start- starting a different opposite than what they started against Orlando. They're 0 2. I think Columbus is going to be a great city for professional volleyball. Um, it's one of the better cities that they have the final four in. People show up there. Um, I think it's gonna be one of the cities that that players are gonna want to play at with, you know, as this league progresses. Um, but it's like in Vegas. they never had a, they didn't have a home game yet and we're in the they started the 10 minute clock and Vegas wasn't on the court yet and our kids were warming up and the lights turned off. So I think it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's gonna be they have to figure things out their timing of everything. Um, they haven't had a home match yet. You know, if you were on 30 seconds before, I'm guessing you were probably there two hours before, which tells me that you guys probably had some things that they had to work out. Um, but, I mean, that's that's first game everything. There's going to be a lot of excitement um, coming from the players, coming from the fans. They all want to see it for the first time, and Columbus has a good product that they're going to put on, on the court.
1: Well, they've got a star factor. We'll get to that later uh, in the upcoming segments. They've got the star factor. They've got... Uh, some, some legacy history uh, and some names that people will recognize, especially in Nebraska where you, you have players who, who actually stop through there. But as a, as a coach and a former player, the first night at home is different than the first two on the road. And you've got to deal with not only the player stuff, but you've got to deal with tickets. You've got to deal with fans and family. What How do you manage that, Coach? How do I manage it? Yeah, how, how is that managed? How did you handle it? What does Coach Bird have to deal with in, in keeping folks uh, locked in? Because Columbus has to deal with all the extracurricular stuff.
2: I think when you're on the road, you have less distractions. So I don't think there's a whole lot you have to worry about on the road with these players. I mean, they today was kind of a down day. They had maybe a little servant pass, had a little breakfast, had a little lunch. I think a lot of them probably, a lot of them journal. And, you know, go to the coffee shop. They have a Bible study. I mean, they have things that keep them um, busy on the road, but they're not distracted. I mean, you know, when you're at home and you're in your apartment and you have people around, it's just it's a different it's a different setup. So I think I don't know. I think I think for Coach Bird, her biggest thing is like she's pushed home that this is going to be a great road team. And so I think they've kind of claimed it as their identity and they're going to come out as a great road team
1: coach what do you do even at the high school level how do you manage that the difference between playing at home and being on the road and being trying to trying to maintain who you are at home but also keep a standard on the road what do you yeah, have really,
2: we really had like two or three home games this last year until our postseason which we ended up you know we hosted a couple of things at in the postseason but um it's really a mindset that you want to go there and you want to quiet people down and and you want to make a statement and represent for us. We we play out of state, so we're not going there to be sh- the shiny thing that people look at. We're going there because we're representing Nebraska volleyball, and and the state of Nebraska and what we are in volleyball. And we want to we want to make sure that we represent it on the court and off the court by by how we how we how we act, how we play, um, our energy that we bring. And I think that the supernovas are kind of the same way. Like Omaha was. The, top, the number one preseason team. Yeah, And I think that's a compliment to the state of Nebraska and, and the state of volleyball in Nebraska. And so I think whenever Omaha plays away, they're going to bring a crowd. They're going to bring excitement. They're going to bring all, all the things. And the Supernovas are representing our state everywhere they go. And I think if they keep that in mind and that they play for those things, that that good things can happen.
1: I'm with uh, Coach Renee Saunders. And, Coach, you just mentioned a thing. I'll, I'll ask you to go a little deeper with it. What does it mean? What does volleyball mean, especially women's volleyball? What does it mean to the state of Nebraska and specific, specifically Omaha?
2: I mean, it's just it, – volleyball is is an amazing sport that somehow in this state has developed into the number one sport – well, I think in the United States now, the number one sport for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the – you know, the boys had football, right, growing up and – we had volleyball, and and it's it's special and unique for women. Um, it's played different. It's played at a really high level, and the amount of players that come out of this state to go on and play college volleyball is higher than any other state per capita. Um, as as of a while ago, I, that may change, but I'm pretty sure that's still an accurate an accurate stat because we just have a ton of a ton of kids that love the game. We have great colleges that play at a high level, so we get to see great volleyball all the time. Yeah. And these women that are playing on these teams are great role models for the, the younger generation. And I mean, even in my camps now, like fourth graders are already getting skilled, which is blows my mind. Um, it's it's something that the girls have really taken to as being their sport in this state. Um, and they're going to support it. They're going to want to be the best of the best. They're going to be at the college games. They're going to be at the Nova's games. But it's something that's truly special to them more so than probably
1: in other areas. Coach, we we had the opportunity last night uh, at practice. There was a facility uh, that was kind of one of the open run, volleyball open run for the the young ladies, and there were different ages that were practicing. And then the thing happens, of course, uh, that as they walk around and they see the supernovas, you get to see uh, some of the best in the world, and there's that thing that happens, right? That curiosity and the pause and you know, the shaking of hands, the, hey, Mom, look at this. This, this is a thing. Do you think the super numbers have realized or recognized what this has already done for the sport of volleyball, especially with, with girls and women?
2: I do, 100%. Like, you know, even talking to Tori today loves being in Omaha, loves the support. I mean, look at what the – did you see some of the, like, Instagram reels and in that of, like, the autograph line yeah. after the match? I mean – Yeah. I think all of our players are embracing it and they're loving it. But if I were a kid now and I'm able to look down there and see 12,000 people playing, you know, watching us play at CHI and, and be like, hey, maybe I could do that. I mean, that's a pretty cool moment for, for those kids to see women competing at the professional level in front of almost 12,000 people. I mean, that's that's a dream come true, and I think our players realize that and recognize that, but I don't think they take it for granted.
1: It, it is special uh, to, to be a part of and special to see. Um, a big part of this was the selection of talent uh, and personalities uh, for, for Omaha and what they put together for the Supernovas. This is, I mean, and when you travel with them, you get access to seeing kind of the vibe and who they are and the energy and how it moves. When we come back, Coach, I do want to get into the, the roster off the court and talk about this Supernovas roster, about the personalities. Because I think for profile for Pro Volleyball Federation, a big part of this is the people. And I want folks to have access from your eyes some of what uh, some of the personalities that exist here. You're listening uh, to the Supernovas Radio Network. We'll be right back from. Columbus, Ohio.
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Welcome back.
1: Nationwide Arena, uh, Columbus, Ohio, Pro Volleyball Federation action on a on a wonderful 60-degree night, so the crowd should be in a good space. Um, they're starting to actually flow in. Again, they're, i believe believe—they're limiting to the lower bowl, but there may be uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 8,000 volleyball fans uh, about to find their way into the building that, in the building that is normally the home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so, Pro Volleyball Federation is making its way into the heartlands of the country. And Coach Renee Saunders, listen—a big part of this, the volleyball, the, the, the level of volleyball is one thing. But the, the personalities is what get people invested. Like, like you become emotionally invested in, hey, they actually have good people. <laughs> they're great players, but they're good people. And it was a part of the process for Coach Collier and now Coach Bird to maintain, to want to set, develop, form, and then celebrate a really good culture of, of, of professional volleyball players. Some of that's personality driven. So first let's talk about coach bird. If I had to ask you to give the elevator pitch for who is coach bird from your perspective, what would you say? Down to earth, upfront, honest, passionate, caring. I mean, where, does be, it, where does that come from?
2: Um, You know, I think it comes from probably her, her playing like, I think she was a pretty darn good player on the Georgia tech team back in college. And she was like, their only like all conference selection. And, and they still had the team that went the furthest of any of the Georgia tech teams. And they only had one all conference player. Um, so I think she understands the value of getting along with your team and not just having the best players. I think a lot of times people are like, Oh, they have the most talent. So they should just win. And that's really not how sport works. And bird sees the value of like having kids that work hard together um, and that we don't need a dozen superstars. We need 12 good human beings that know their roles and want the best for the team, and I think that's what they have on the Supernovas.
1: Coach, walk me through this, because, again, playing at, we're talents at the highest level, the people <laughs> will ultimately determine how this plays out. So you, from your vantage, what are the Supernovas attempting to be? what type of team people community are they trying to create how does this work
2: i mean they're probably one of the i don't this is going to be very one-dimensional because i've spent way more time at supernova practices and everything else but i mean they want to be a gritty hard working they want to outwork their opponents they want to um, connect and communicate at every single level in practice and in matches They genuinely want to get along and just be great people. Like the culture of the organization is work harder than our opponent, be grittier than our opponent, and the rest will come from. But it's a very process oriented. Like I don't feel like they ever got caught up in like outcome. Like I could see people, we lost, we were one and two. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Or, you know, whatever it might be. But I don't think the supernovas were worried about being one and two because they knew what direction they were going. And I think when you know what direction you're going and you know what you're working on to get to that end goal, um, you don't have to be in May 19th shape on February. What is today? I'm, I am I don't even yeah, know what day it's
1: it is. A, Yeah, it's the 21st, I believe. It's been a crazy day at school. Yeah, yeah um, I understand. But, <laughs> but I understand.
2: You know, it's February 21. You don't need to – if you're – Peaking in February 21, then you've done your players a disservice, right? You need to find a way to make sure that you continually improve for that May 19 deadline.
1: Coach, it, it, through all of this, right, that that Coach Bird, one being you know there on the stage and now being at the head of the stage, it, it requires some adjustment. What adjustments did Coach Bird has Coach Bird made in how she deals with this with this roster?
2: Well, I think the first one is, is just, Hey, I'm your head coach now. And these are my expectations because I think like even me as a head coach, I'm one way, but as assistant coach, I'm a little goofier. I'm a little less type a, but as a head coach, I'm very OCD, very type a, very detail oriented. It's not that I'm not those things as an assistant, but they're not my number one concern because that's the head coach's job to worry about. So I come across as like more laid back and, and more approachable and more this. And so I think her telling her players exactly what the, her expectations were, and I, I didn't ask her this, but I should. I would assume, now that you know what that means, that could get me in trouble, but yeah, I would right. assume that she also did the same thing with the coaches. Um, I would assume that her expectations and what she needed from each of her coaches and what their roles were, were clearly defined out or clearly defined for them um, after this shift took place, just like her expectations were clear, clearly defined with her players. And I think that's a really important attribute of a head coach to be able to define the roles of your, of your coaches um, because an assistant coach without a job is, is not an assistant coach. They're just a warm body. And I think it's really important that every coach on your sideline has a job. And I'm in, I think they had one prior with, with Coach Collier. And I think maybe some of those roles may have shifted a little bit with Coach Bird or maybe her expectations of those roles could have shifted. Um, But any good coach is going to make sure that um, their roles are clearly defined, both as coaches and for players.
1: Coach, I was told this by the late great John Thompson, who said you can always identify the culture and quality of a team by the last player on the roster who spends the most time talking to the coach (laughs) and hearing the most things, right? What has to exist? What shows for the Supernovas? In your mind, uh, what does that show about the Supernovas? Well, I
2: mean, I don't even know who – would our practice player be our last person? on the well, bench? It, it,
1: it would almost have to be, right, that it's somebody well, that spends. Sophie
2: Sophie Davis is our practice player, and we never get okay. to talk about it. She graduated from, from George Mason. She's a middle blocker.
1: James Madison, um, they will fight you about that. Or James
0: Madison. JMU,
2: no <laughs> <I do> <laughs> she's on the other JMU. We had two yeah, JMUs. Yeah,
1: they will actually, fight you.
2: Um. Yeah. Tell her I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. I actually, I'll just tell her to her face when I get to Florida. There you go. Um, so she was a. She was our a rookie draft pick. Stay on the roster. She's a middle. The kid is a baller. Yeah. A straight up baller. Like.
1: Yeah.
2: We have three phenomenal middles. You know, we have Danielle Hart, we have Tori Dixon, and then we have Aristina Buchkova. Uh, so we yeah. have three outstanding middles. We also have a rookie middle who jumps out of the gym, I mean, floats when she jumps. She moves really well. She has great discipline and poise at the net. Um, watching her in practice, I remember the first time I watched her, I'm like, who is that kid? That was like one of the first things I said because I didn't, I had no idea who it was. Um, and then as I watch her, you know, and I'm watching her develop and play and what she's doing. Um, her demeanor and her relationship with the players tells me that they're a very tight knit group because she's the practice player. You know, she's not going to probably play in any matches. Um, she's at on the road with them all the time. She's in practice all the time. Um, and they, they treat her as if she was a starter, that, you know, that, I just, that hear, part. They're a, great that group. part. <laughs> they're a great group of, of human beings. I really yeah. enjoy this team.
1: Coach, that's fantastic, right? That really is the thing, right? That how you treat the last player on the team speaks to, to, to the volume and quality of the team. We'll go to break. When we come back, we'll get into this roster and get into the projected starters of what we expect to see tonight on both sides of it. And then we'll thank the folks from, from Mullen Motors for making this content happen and available to you. I'm DPC's Coach Renee Saunders. You're listening to the Supernovas Radio Network.
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Nationwide. We
1: are at the nationwide. Again, the the official home of uh, the NHL's Columbus Blue Jackets. It gives you some idea about the the quality of the venue and the level of what's going to happen here. Expecting over 8,000 plus uh, here tonight for their home debut. Uh, Again, we thank you for joining the pregame show. If you want to be a part of the in game, there are several ways for you to enjoy the content. You can download the, the Ticket FM app. You can download the Supernovas app. You can go to the website. All of that information is available. If you want uh, Supernovas gear, swag, go to the website, hit the shop button, and have at it. They've got the best best swag uh, in the Pro Volleyball Federation. I can say that in full. Um, simple enough. Coach Renee Saunders on the other side. Coach. Let's go up and down this roster of players, and who's playing well? Who are the folks that jump out at you when it comes to Supernovas in the last effort uh, in Vegas and Grand Rapids? Uh, who, who's been playing well? Who's hot? It's, 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 it's hard to pick
2: one. I mean, different games like Jess Landsman stepped up huge in Grand Rapids. You know, Brooke Nunaviller is steady and consistent every single match. Like, you're going to get digs, you're going to get kills. I thought Betty really stepped up the last couple matches. De La Cruz on the outside, Um, she's always been a major impact on the serve line. Um, Now, like the last match, I thought she was a major impact as an attacker and a blocker. Um, We have three really good middles, and I I asked Tori about this. You know, Tori Dixon, Danielle Hart, and Christina Vuchkova. And I asked Tori, I'm like, having Vuchkova now, is this – an advantage you know now that we have three really good middles and she's like yeah she's like it's great if one of us needs a rest we get a rest if you know if one of us is having an off game we have somebody that can come in and not skip a beat so I think the addition of Buchkova has really helped a lot um, not only defensively but just in terms of taking some of the load off our middles because middles jump a lot and move a lot and so their legs take a bit of a pounding so that's been great we have two great setters Sydney Hilly Naughty Valentin Anderson Naughty started. Sydney kind of came in. Now, Sydney's probably going to start tonight, Started the last match. They both bring different things at different times. And, again, if we have to sub, we have the ability to sub, and we really don't skip a beat. Um, Kendall White at libero. Um, Gabby Thompson is her backup, another really good libero. We don't see Gabby a whole lot. Um, Kendall's probably the best serve receiver in the league. She keeps us in system. She digs a lot of balls. And, you know, she's our sweaty kid. Right.
1: So she's going to be so mad that that's the image that we present of her. She is going to come get us. Yeah. You know, what's funny is,
2: is I also wore number three. So we wore the same number, both the sweaty kids and we sweat all our knees. So therefore, we're basically the same person, only she's way younger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, in high school, college of baseball, I wore number three. So there's that speaks, man, look, look out. Yeah. That, that, that that speaks volumes.
2: Yeah. That that explains everything. But like, I mean, I even look at our substitutes, like Paige Briggs came in when Brooke got hurt and stepped up huge. Then you have Nia Reed, who's come in and played on the right side with the double sub. Who's also like come in, block balls, gotten kills, can do it all. Mayfield's gotten to see a little bit of time um maggie cartwright just got activated so we haven't been able to see her and then gina of course is on the short-term injury reserve but we're deep and you know i talked to tori and i just said i know that practice i had watched they had mixed up people and it wasn't like a side b side um and she said that was really important with all these you know subs and people coming in everybody's comfortable with everybody and i think the way that you know bird and the coaches run their practices. You know, it's it's never starters versus other people. It's everybody with everybody because you never know when you're going to need to make a substitution. Somebody's having an off game or maybe, you know, somebody gets hurt, God forbid. But, yeah, it's been we have a very talented lineup with a lot of great backups. And and I think that's, you know, strong teams have strong benches. And I think it's
1: that's a big part of it, too. I'll, I'll ask you to get into Coach Saunders mode because and in, in watching some of the other pro pro volleyball federation matches. Service and receiving of service always play a big part of who's having success. Uh, What's to be expected and how do you work on and and improve that? You
2: know, I was actually, I don't know why, maybe because I think about this kind of stuff all the time, but there's so many great passers in this league, it becomes even more important to be a great server. So, you I mean, you have Kendall who's going to dime 60% of her passes, and she's the best one in the in the league, but I'd guess that, you know, hence at, um, hence at Atlanta and then the Oregon libero that's at, I'm gonna blank on all my names. But anyway, every libero we've seen has been really good and they're yeah. all really good passers. So now everybody's a great passer. How do you, how do you break that, that barrier? Well, it's gotta be with a great serve. And I think that's why we see so many service errors because people are trying to hit it as hard as they can you know, be as exact as they can to th- to try to get people out of system, and it's just really hard to get teams out of system in this league because of the level of passing.
1: So the serve becomes even more important. It, being on the road for the supernovas, this is a, a thing that has been constant. They figured out a way over the, over the last couple of uh, matches, but keeping teams off runs because not allowing those these home crowds to get 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 motivated, inspired, and moved. How big will that be tonight, and how do you how do you put that into play? How do you communicate that? I think there's going to be a lot of urgency
2: tonight. I asked I asked Coach Bird about that as well because first home game for Columbus, they're 0 two. You know, they want they want to give their fans a show, so there's going to be urgency on their side for those reasons. In in and, and we're going to get a great match. They're going to be extra aggressive. They're probably going to be a little bit more into it. More more things might go their way. They might hit the tape and trickle it over more than they would normally on a on any other match, but. But I think being able to manage that urgency and keeping calm on our side and pushing it back at them is going to be really important. I think our last match, we became a little complacent. Um, First set, holy buckets, man, we were on fire. Like, I don't think we could do anything wrong in that first set. But then what happens is you get comfortable. Oh, that was easy, so I'm going to get comfortable. And then the other team pushes back, and then then you're like, oh, then you're on your heels a little bit. So I think part of the goal for them tonight – is to sharpen up their communication, maintain their urgency, but yet still keep calm. And so I think if they can do those things, then they're going to be all right. I think fans are great no matter what. If they're home or they're away, fans are great. You're either trying to get them fired up or you're trying to shut them up. I mean, it's a win-win when you're a player, um, and and it makes it more fun. And I think Columbus is going to have a really fun environment. I'm excited to hear how it goes and watch the match myself.
1: It is going to be a good one, again, kind of circle the date and highlight the moments because the first home game uh, in, in in organization history is always a big deal, and if you're being a part of it, that's an even bigger deal. With word of break, Coach, when we come back, we'll get into this roster that is uh, the Columbus Fury, and we'll go up and down, let you give folks an idea about who to watch for and why when we come back to the Supernovas Radio Network.
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Welcome back
1: to Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. Pro Volleyball Federation to action between the 4-2 and 2 Omaha Supernovas and the 0-2 Columbus Fury. And again, there's a gap in the, the amount of games played and a uh, gap in the experience. But this is the first home game for the Columbus Fury. And... It's interesting, Coach, that advantage, disadvantage, not knowing, time in between, time to grow, time to evolve. Um, the roster for Columbus has taken several different looks, and the current version is an interesting one because it has names we know and names that we should know. Coach Saunders, let's start at the top of this thing. Who is the name when it comes to the Columbus <laughs> theory? I mean, whether Nebraska fans like it or
2: not, it's Asia O'Neal from Texas. I mean, number one pick of the draft. She's back in the starting lineup. She played in the last match. She's going to be a player that that they're going to need to find a way to to stop. She's a two-time national champion, two-time All-American. Her dad played for the Pacers in the NBA, so she has slightly athletic genes in her body. Um, Slightly. (laughs) She's also a really cool story. You know, she had a valve leak in her heart, had two open-heart surgeries and is playing volleyball at this level. Um, I believe in December, she had an ankle surgery and she was recovering from that. And that is why she missed on their first match. But in a way they played a match and then they had that giant break, which probably gave her to get healthy enough and get back in the lineup. So Asia O'Neal, it will be the number one player to look out for for them. But then another familiar Nebraska name opposite her in the middle is Caitlin Hoard. Penn State to Nebraska fantastic middle blocker, six foot four, three-time All-American. She was at Penn State. They played um, here in the convention center for during COVID, and that was when they did kind of the tournament in the convention center. It was really, really weird. She might have been one of my favorite Penn State players that I watched play. So when she came to Nebraska, I was pretty excited about that. Um, she's from the Lexington, Kentucky area, another dad in the NBA. Yep. And he was adopted by the Cavs in 1983. So, yeah. you know, we got two middles with really good um, genes. And then we head to the outside, and they've got Reagan Cooper, outside hitter from Texas Tech slash Kansas, and Megan Lush, who was an outside hitter for Penn State. Both great players. Uh, Lush won two national championships at Penn State in 2013-2014. and 2020, she was a USA alternate. She's 30 years old. Um, she's been playing pro for seven years, so she she was missing from the lineup early on. I think she's probably their best outside hitter, one they're really going to have to look out for. Reagan Cooper, on the other hand, in college only played front row, and as you know, when you move into the professional league, you need to go all the way around. So, if I'm Coach Bird and the coaches, I'm probably trying to serve at her quite a bit and make her handle a bigger
1: load. Um, from what I've seen of her, she's and, very. And they capable. know her, right? They they know her. The word was yep. that they targeted her in the draft, so. This is a familiar thing.
2: Yep, not a, not a surprise. And I think the thing is, is I feel like you, you say, oh, you never played back row in college, so that's what you're going to do. But coaches aren't drafting you if you can't play all the way around. So my guess is that she's probably pretty solid at it. We might catch her on a, a miss or two, which, you know, in a, in a deuce set, that might be all you need to, to get it going. Um, Setter is from Puerto Rico, played at Arkansas. Ry Santos, um, another Athletes Unlimited athlete. Um, Puerto Rican national team, 31 years old, very experienced, runs a very good offense. Um, their coach is one of, is the only Hispanic coach in the league, one of two male coaches in the league. And he is also of Puerto Rico from Puerto Rico. So you see a lot of, um, three Puerto Rican players on this, on this team, but they kind of play that. He's the, the only coach in the league also has international coaching experience. So he brings kind of a different flair to it. Professional coaching experience um and obviously his setter is running the show for them libero is also from puerto rico played at ohio state um you know just a great player and then i was i really thought they'd go with wentz at opposite but they're expecting to see drexel out there on the Mm -hmm. on the right side i think they're going to go with the lefty two-time all-american um another u.s national team member three-year pro you know i feel like every time i say these lineups we've got national team (laughs) we've got olympian we've got athletes unlimited we have all american we have national champions you know they're just they're they're loaded and so i think with drexel the lefty on that side again luckily we've been playing a couple lefties so i don't think that's going to be a major a major contributor but i think the other one ashley wins is another opposite who was at ohio state then went to arizona state to play a beach season um she is also a lefty um, but this match, they've decided to go with Drexel.
1: Yeah, what, what are they trying to to, to, to to make happen? Could that be a health thing? Is that a scheme thing, uh, an attack thing? What, what, what do you think they're trying to do? You know, and I, this is probably my bad, but I didn't look up exactly
2: what Wentz hit in yeah. that last match. It might be a connection issue. You know, but, it might And be she was
1: active. Yeah, she was active in, 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 in the last.
2: <laughs> it, and it could be a block issue. They she might they might be worried about her getting tooled by Betty or by Brooke or whatever it might be. So, she hit negative and Wentz hit negative in her first two sets or yeah. first two matches, and then uh, Drexel looks like she hit.
1: Yeah, she was neg uh, Wentz was negative.
2: Drexel and Drexel hit positive and yeah. in two matches. So, so I'm guessing they're going with it for the for the attack side of it. And you- who knows? Maybe one of them's better in the back row.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some adjustments. I, In watching their, their previous two matches, Reagan C- Cooper strikes me as the wild card factor to this whole thing because she just moves differently on the court. She gets to different corners. She gets to the floor and then back in the play. Um, what are your thoughts on Reagan Cooper aside from that? Because it just seems like to me like she makes them go at a higher level. She's one that – could go off and hit 500 against
2: us or she could hit 100 so when you say wild card you are correct i think it's going to be a matter of how much load they give her and is she a rhythm hitter because some hitters are great when they pass and swing and hit other hitters are not great when they pass swing and hit um, the last match i felt like they served her quite a bit and she hit 429. Um, again it's a tough league and every matchup's different and so when you're looking at different blockers versus hitters Shots, all that kind of stuff. You, it's really not. It's not comparing apples to apples. So, when I think the supernovas are pretty tough to match up with, I think they do a great job on their block. Um, as long as Jess does a good job setting up out there and Sydney does a good job setting up out there, we've got great middles to close it. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely wild cards, and I think the opposite position
1: and Reagan Cooper are those are those two. We we were told to have our eyes towards jenna rosenthal in case things went uh south on that what do you know about jenna well i mean she was a marquette kid so obviously
2: we know her from there six foot five but she is on the short-term injured reserve and i looked on the federation website and there was no transaction that moved her to the active roster so unless i think there is a little bit of a delay on that um, and I have not seen – I mean, if if the coaches say watch out for her, then maybe she was moved to the active roster. But as far as the
1: Federation website says, she has not been moved to that roster. Uh, Rice Santos also had her hands on the ball a lot, and it seemed to be on purpose. How important is she to, to what the Fury are going to try to do offensively?
2: I mean – setter is vital you need to pass and you need to have a setter that can dish out the ball and create one on ones and, and make great decisions when you have good hitters everywhere and great hitters in certain spots you've got to find ways to get them involved in one-on-one situations if you can at this level one-on-one is rare so then you're you're trying to create any form of space that you can for them to tool hit cross hit hole whatever it might be um I think that her ability, I think both teams' ability to run a balanced offense is, is really important to me.
1: Yeah, it just hitters everywhere, good length, good athleticism. We'll throw in the break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Supernovas, who we think will start and why. We'll talk about that and more with Coach Renee Saunders when we come back to the Supernovas the Radio Network.
0: The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. We're about
1: uh, 15 minutes from first serve. Columbus, Ohio, Nationwide Arena. I'm T. Phoenix. Uh, next to me is Enrique alvarez Clary. On the other side, holding it down for us. Coach Renee Saunders, Harrison Orange, man in the board for us. Again, thank the fine folks from uh, Mullen Motors for making this happen, and a shout-out to the folks from the Pro Volleyball Federation uh, and all that they're doing and changing the way conversations are being had about volleyball, about women's sports, uh, and about the business that is uh, these games that we play. Coach Renee Saunders, if you would, please, let's go through who do you think starts tonight? uh, You don't have to be right. Just give us your opinion on who you think should start tonight uh, for the Supernovas. Supernova's outside hitters, Nunaviller and Dela Cruz,
2: Middles, Dixon and Hart. Setter, Hilly, opposite, Landsman, Libero, White.
1: What does what does the the, 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 the folks up front, uh, which was Kova and and her status, what happens to this team defensively? Let's start from that side. What happens with this starting group? What do you get? I mean, you get
2: offense, you get block. I think you get it all. I mean, Vuchkova is a great addition, especially defensively for us. I feel like the setter-hitter connection is probably a little bit better with Hart and Dixon right now just because they've been working together for much longer.
1: Okay. Um,
2: We saw how fast Vuchkova's hand is. I mean, her arm is a whip. And so a little bit, just a tiny bit off with your connection, you're going to have some misses. So I think that's part of it. The other part is... You know, Bird's similar to me in certain ways of like, okay, we ended the last match with these people. We're going to roll it over. We're going to start this way, knowing that we can sub if we need to sub. And so I feel like that's probably
1: a good way for them to start um, and then go from there. Uh, the, 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 the mention of Sydney Hilly uh, starting, what does that, what does that offer? Because, again, you've gone back and
2: forth. Oh, well, I mean, I think size on block makes a big difference. Um, I hope that she continues to try to set her middles in transition, find her middles and serve, receive, and just keep working on that shoot set outside. Man, that is a beautiful set. And then the back row attack. Um, I'd like to see Betty get a couple more back row attack swings out of her. I know that's something that they've been working really hard on, that they want to make a major part of this
0: offense. How do you push that
1: button, though, Coach? How do you push that? Is that based on game situation or is that purposeful and say, listen, Betty, when you're back there, we need points from you. Um, how do you make that happen? Oh,
2: just in general. I think it's just a trust that develops between the setter and the hitter. And I think that starts in practice. Okay. So if Sydney and Betty and, have been working on it and Nadie and Betty have been working on it or whoever, like all, both the setters are working on it. And Dela Cruz, Briggs, um, Nunaville are all possibilities running that BIC. So my guess is that they've been working it, working it, working it. And the more confident the hitter becomes in running that attack, the more confident the setter becomes in setting that attack and vice versa. So the more they practice it, the more comfortable they get with it, the more times they attempt it in, in match, which sometimes you have, you know, outside hitters that play middle back that don't transition to attack really well. Um, so learning to do that also makes a big difference. But if they've been putting as much emphasis on it as they say they have, there's no way Betty Dila Cruz is getting out of it. it,
1: it I, I think it's important. I think it'll be interesting to watch. I, I'm fascinated by the, the recovery and the reemergence of Brooke Nunaviller. What, what is happening here? Look, she's as explosive as anybody in the league. She's she's a phenomenal player. She's a phenomenal culture person.
2: I'm a I'm a huge Brooke Nunaviller fan. I mean, just the way she carries herself and how she. How she does her business is second to none, and she's she's just she's a special talent, and we're really lucky to have her in Omaha, and I'm blessed that that we get to watch her play right up front. But she is she takes good care of her body. She she I think she was turning that tens unit all the way up, and Thomas was like, "Oh, there's an athlete, you know, turn that bad boy up as far as I can, and if it's higher, I'm going to get better faster, you know." I mean pretty sure that 10s unit was attached to her ankle for a week straight, but um, I think that that plus her, you know, she told me that it's all, it's what you can tolerate, so to her, all she has to do is tolerate it, and she can do whatever, which is like next level um, mindset stuff, which is also very impressive, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal how well she rebounded, only had to sit one match, which for her, I don't think she's ever sat a match in her career, so Um, but probably smart of her with big games coming up to do what she did.
1: What do you expect from Paige Briggs off the bench tonight?
2: I'd like to see her come in. I mean, same as last match is come in and make an impact on the service line. And if luck, I mean, I would hope, I would love to see her go back and hold serve for like a couple serves. You know, it doesn't have to be an ace. Just stay on the service line for two or three points. You know, Columbus, when I was looking up their stats, they average – six reception errors a match, and eight service errors a match. That's 14 free points per match that they're giving away. And that's not super high, but it's stuff that I think we need to take advantage of. They're killing at a 30% efficiency, and they're um, only hitting 130 as a team. And so I think that, you know, that's sometimes numbers when you only play two matches are a little bit skewed. First match was really low second match was pretty good and so it meets in the middle um it's hard that's one thing that's hard to tell with the team you don't really know tendencies when they've only played two matches and they've had such different lineups both times
1: i mean the, the the aces leader in the federation wears the supernova colors how do you how do you get some of that success passed down transferred on to the rest of the of, of, of the servers for omaha I mean, serving
2: is serving is kind of like a a free throw in basketball, right? Like it's just you and the ball in the rim in basketball and in volleyball. It's it's almost like a one on one with the person across the net. But you're the only one that knows what you're doing. Okay, so you you're back on that service line. You know who you want to attack at. They probably know who you're coming at them. And it's just finding a way to to get them out of system. You know, how do I win that battle against that passer? You know, how do I hit their weak spot? And and I think once you become really confident in and I mean, Betty's an elite player, right? right? She's mm-hmm. one of the best in the world at what she does. Um, and she's also the most experienced on the team. So she's done it for a really long time. When she was 24, I don't know if she was as confident as she is now in her serve. And so I think time and trust and training will all go together and hopefully, you know, carry on to – to everybody else on the team because they all have really good serves. We just need them to be really good consistently.
1: Who has to have a big night on serve? Aside from Betty, who else needs to have a big night? Landsman. Landsman
2: needs to – we need her to score points from the service line. Right now, um, I don't know what our points per rotation average is, but I I feel like maybe her rotation is not one of the strongest ones. So her ability to hold serve would be fantastic. And I guarantee you, knowing Jess, she has been working really, really hard at it because I think she's the first one to know her weaknesses. And she's also the first one to ask for extra help at getting better at those weaknesses. And so I think that um, defense was something she was really focused on early on. And I'm sure she's really focused on it still because so many people hit balls to right back. But um, I think that Jess on the service line could could make a difference in the match.
1: Look, all the pieces are in play. The crowd is filling in. Uh, The room is starting to look like a a, a Major League Volleyball event is taking place here in Nationwide Arena. It's starting to to happen. We'll throw it to make that. That'll be it. And then we'll come back for the National Anthem and starting lineups here from Nationwide Arena. Columbus, Ohio, Supernovas Radio Network.